Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We are live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, on the radio from 1 to 4. And then after 4 o'clock, you use that all-important app to access John and Ken On Demand, our podcast, so you can listen to anything that you missed this afternoon. Oh, and it's going to be quite a bit of stuff. We also, of course, if you're listening live, have a chance for you to win money at 120. The first of the three keywords on our show will be revealed. You follow the instructions, and you could win the $1,000. Uh, the first big story we're going to cover is the one we spent some time on last week and I think the week before. ABC7 really has focused on this story a lot. Channel 7. <clears throat> it's nice when you see the local television stations finally digging into news that matters. This is about that uh, RV encampment on a property in Silmar. Two big updates occurred in the last 24 hours. Uh, looks like utility crews cut the power to the property. <laughs> not, not only the home, but the whole all the RV property. <clears throat> and also... We have the breaking news that a judge has ordered the home with more than 20 RVs to be vacated by Sunday. That includes the house where this property owner lives. Uh, a woman by the name of Cruz Godoy. Let's bring on Blake Trolley with a lot more detail on the story. Blake, what's going on? Yeah, guys, so those two headlines that you talk about, Ken, are actually related. A judge did officially order everyone living in the RVs and the woman who actually owns the home to leave the property. 
Also yesterday, we saw the power get cut. Both of those orders come down from hazards that were identified by inspectors yesterday who went over to the property. They said that the electrical system, they saw fire hazards, explosion hazards, especially given the amount of propane tanks uh, that sit on this property. So yes, yesterday, somebody uh, climbed a pole, I, I understand, cut a wire to the property and then today in court the uh the charges that were filed against the property owner that was from the uh you know the la city attorney the court the pre-trial hearing was pushed back till august 3rd but the judge ruled until then everybody needs to get off the property because of these identified hazards so the uh the criminal charges are still being dealt with and in a couple of weeks from now we'll have an update on that when there is an official uh, a court hearing but yeah yesterday fire officials uh they visited the property they cited fire concerns with the electrical system essentially they said it was pulling way more electricity than a single home's family could allow for you mix that again with all the propane on the property now you have fire and explosion hazards inspectors were so concerned they ordered the power to be shut off the property a tough decision it is hot out uh today i was able to actually get on the property guys and take a look around i've posted the footage to twitter this is at blake trolley a guy who works for the property showed us the electrical system it really just looked like a tangle wad of exposed wires you can see it for yourself we have some footage of it uh the guy the same guy who works for the property says the power getting pulled led to a pretty hot night for people who uh who live on the property give me uh one second guys i'm gonna try to restart this uh sound here for a second but yeah we you know before we get to this i will say there was another woman we spoke with she said it was she, you know it was so hazardous last night she was trying not to uh to vomit and uh mm. here's what the guy who works for the property had to say about it people were sweating people were just out here arguing causing more chaos than it should be and he could, you know, like literally make you uh, see things or hear things. Now, last time I was at the property, guys, you had asked me if I noticed the o the odor. Yes. This time I did. did. Right. This time I did. And one of the things that I noticed today was, yeah, the odor was much more, you know, prominent. And I'm told that food is starting to rot in a lot of the refrigerators. And I think that was part of what I was smelling today. Are they going to uh, get on... the EPA in and declare it a Superfund site? <laughs> well, one thing to note here, guys, is there are kids on the property. Uh, we learned there are actually three kids total on the property. Uh, but we're being told by neighbors, you know, the, the line has just gone too far with this whole thing. Well, and especially with the explosion hazards, they're saying, you know, what do you do? But, but what I'd like to know, the complaints go back to 2013. That's what we're seeing in this, this story. It, it took 10 years before somebody from the city would, would shut this place down? Yeah, you know, guys, we can, we'll go to a uh, an interview I did with a woman who lives right next door. She was actually, I caught her on her way to the courthouse. She wanted to see where all of this led to. She says she's been reporting this for a few years, and uh, here's what she's been going through. You know, I know it's unfair. Or actually, hold up. Here, here, here she is. You know, for the last few years, it's been very difficult to live in this situation. Uh, you know, especially when... This physic come through my driveway and Jesus. go through the streets uh, and see all. You're talking about sewage going through your driveway? Yes, I had the oh. physic went through my driveway Jesus. and go to the streets. And, and, and have you had a lot of odor here just in general, even without that? Uh, the smell, you know, always is the smell, especially in the mornings. Um, 
I don't know at what time they clean all of that or what do they do, but it's always a very bad smell. Uh-huh. So you hear there in the beginning, she's saying this has been going on for the last few years. And guys, we had we had we've heard from neighbors. They're alleging that the city and the county were really or the sorry, the two cities were really just pointing the finger at each other. The city of San Fernando and the city of L.A., as you remember, this property sits uh, uh, in both cities. So it sounds well, like uh, well, a well, lot of finger pointing was going on. What was Monica? Y- yeah, I, I understand finger pointing. That's one phone call. One phone call to dis- because all of a sudden it turns out Los Angeles City was responsible yeah, it's for a delay tactic. Get, right. I mean that's garbage. And by the way, Monica Rodriguez was elected in May of 2017 to represent that district for Los Angeles on the city council. What has that been lady doing for the last six years? It's a good question, John. You know, we've tried to reach out and get interviews with her on this. I w- I've been given a statement uh, from her office, yeah. and I have not been able to uh, to flag her I, yeah, down for yeah. an interview and, and, and nail any of those questions down. Usual garbage boilerplate. What the now, hell does she uh, do? Are these people leaving, Blake? Or are they still there in their RVs? Yeah, the RVs are still there as of right now. Uh, I, I took a look after the ruling, about an hour after the ruling, and people were kind of just sitting around outside. It, it's, it's hard to say. You know, I'm sure the news is really just starting to make it to some of them that are on this property. Uh, that said, I'm told that multiple agencies with the city are going to be working to relocate people here with the property. So we're working to figure out exactly what that's going to look like. But, yeah, they have until Sunday morning to get off this property uh, as per a judge. And this, again, all comes down to safety issues with the property, with both the sewage system and the uh, and the electrical system. All right, Blake, thanks for that update. All right, thanks, guys. People were Blake getting trolling. sick from the bacteria, from the uh, feces. Sewage. That was leaking out of these RVs. Can you imagine being a neighbor and your kids getting sick? From you know somebody else's feces that's piling up, and Monica, that's like living next door to twenty porta potties, right? Those ones yeah. in the parks that are full of uh, yeah, yuck. yeah. Except eventually, I guess the RVs open up their uh, open up their chute, and all the sludge comes flying out. You got to put it somewhere. That's right. It just gets yeah. collected, right. right? You can't keep it in the RV for very long. You have to usually pump it out. Yeah. So for so that's what what they were doing. They were they were pumping it out into the streets, saturating the property. So they were living in it. Uh, they were actually. I, I mean, that is so gross and disgusting. Cave people had better hygiene and and better uh, facilities to deal with their own waste. That uh, I, I mean, I, I, I and the, and this Cruz Godoy. Oh, she ought to be thrown in yeah, prison. Yeah, 500 bucks a month she's grabbing from these people. She wasn't doing this to be charitable and no. to put people into RVs because they're homeless. She's making money. Yeah, no. and I, I love that. Uh, ad- well, it is amazing that the city finally did something because normally they tolerate this stuff. Well, they have, yeah. yeah they only have, did they, for 10 they, years, it they, seems. They, high. Uh, 10 years, and and you know this is, this is the Garcetti era. Where, uh, where it appears that everybody bought into the, the whole Garcetti attitude of don't do anything, let the city rot. Let the whole city smell like uh, a, a big mountain of feces. Uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, we'll be talking to Kurt Cabrera Miller, who's the president of the Silmar Neighborhood Council. And he's the one that says, he says this has been going on back to 2013 with these RVs on this property, claiming there have been 41 violations, opened and closed cases from the Department of Building and Safety on the property. So once again, it's the RV camp on a property in Silmar, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 26 RVs parked there. Uh, they have been ordered to leave by Sunday after the uh, power was shut off. Uh, coming up next, your chance at money. KFI AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand. 
from KFI AM 640. All right, quick reminder that the Moist Line is coming back around in just two days. We're collecting messages. Use the iHeartRadio app, the little microphone icon, or call this toll-free number to leave your message, one 877 moist 86 one 664 7886 Do you remember yesterday we talked about First Five and the cigarette tax that was passed in the 1990s to collect money for programs for children, like preschool children? Early education, yeah. And now the money's drying up and they're not sure what to do. We're going back in history again. The year is 2004 when they, the voters passed Proposition 63. That's the tax on millionaires to fund mental health programs. Uh, that was Daryl Steinberg's work. Remember Daryl Steinberg? who's now the mayor of Sacramento. Yeah, and uh, just uh, look around at all the encampments. You could see that that tax worked really well, didn't it? We, that yeah. made life better. The Times did an update on it a year ago, and this is the best quote ever. Uh, well, the guy's dead. Rusty Selix, who was executive director of the Mental Health Association of California, co-author of the ballot initiative, said this after it passed. No one who is mentally ill and now on the street will be on the street in five years. He actually this, said this that? Two, yes, in 2004. <laughs> and people said, all right, that's great. Let's... So by 2009, we were supposed to have all the mentally ill people fixed. And, and uh, all you had people. to do is tax the millionaires. And everybody hates those, uh, those millionaires, right? Because those people accomplish things and they succeed. And we hate them. So we're going to take some of their money. And then magically, all the mentally ill will be gone. Boy, so think about that, this. Too bad that guy's dead. Because I'd like to take a crack at him. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about, uh, what, uh, 19 years since it passed? 19 years. The Times says that last year, this is the update, it collected $29 billion. Can't you see all the great work it's done? Yeah, where did it go? $29 billion. Where did it go? And by the way, the jackass that promoted the bill was Daryl Steinberg, who was the Senate president back then. He's now the mayor of San Francisco, Sacramento. And Sacramento has the highest per capita homeless rate in the state. It's actually got more homeless people for its population than San Francisco or Los Angeles, if you could imagine. Last year... The tax raked in almost $4 billion. Yep. The update and the reason why we're talking about this, Newsom wants to take some of the money and turn it over to housing. So it's already <laughs> been ineffective. I'm not arguing for the mental health tax. But no. <laughs> now, again, the housing first people want to steal hundreds of millions of dollars from the mental health tax so take and it, move it over to some sort of housing program. So take it from the mental health frauds and give it to the housing frauds. Exactly. What, what, did they donate more to Newsom's campaign? I don't know. These are all, uh, I guess, probably nonprofits, mental this, health nonprofits that are bilking the state. And then we got the homeless nonprofits bilking the state. So, you know, let's let's spread it around a little more evenly. The state has already spent more than $20 billion on housing and homelessness since 2018. Uh, now he comes around and says, I need even more money, but, you know, I, I won't look for a new revenue source. I'll just take it right. from the mental health tax. So their mental health programs have obviously failed, right? Uh, their ho ho homeless programs have obviously failed. But you people keep voting for these propositions. We told you yesterday you voted to let prisoners out early on parole. So what happened? They send between two and 3,000 a year to L.A. County homeless prisoners to live here on the streets. You voted yeah. for that. A lot of parolees are part of the home. That's another reason. Besides Prop 47, that homelessness increased. So that was the prisoner dumping. So there's the three categories. The mentally ill, 
the drug addicts and the prisoners. That's what's out on the street. And then they lie to you and try to manipulate your emotions and say, well, these are poor people who simply can't afford the high housing costs. They've just fallen through the cracks. They're down on their luck. It's like, no, those are manipulative lies. And only saps will believe that. This is the truth. They intentionally import criminals. They intentionally import uh, mental patients. And they create drug addicts. They create drug addicts because they don't enforce the drug laws anymore. But that's another thing that people voted for, right? Prop 47. Yeah. Practically decriminalized drug safe use. Safe Neighborhood Sa Act. Right? Yeah. So, oh, it's a Safe Neighborhood Act. No, no. It's going to create thousands of drug addicts in the street. Oh, no, no, no. It says here the Safe Neighborhood Act. You know, because I, we're going to take the money that we save on putting people in prison and we're going to rehabilitate them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That went well. No, we're just going to turn them out homeless. Yeah. So and your problem. We don't treat mental patients. We create drug addicts and we uh, s s take prisoners out of prison and send them the, to the streets of L.A. And then we wonder why life is oh, so awful. Well, this is why. And. People, the public is complicit in all this because they're constantly lied to and they constantly fall for the lies. And people are such sorry saps. They believe any kind of emotional manipulation. And the people in charge know they can emotionally manipulate more than half of the voters. They know that. And that's why they do it, because it works. And then they create these vast fiefdoms, these rivers of tax money, and then they can hand it out to all their all their uh, crooked friends. In, in the homeless industry, in the mental health industry, the, the prison rehab industry, all that stuff. And let's talk about the elephant on the table or in the room, not on the table. The fact that even if you have all these money, all this money for mental health services, it doesn't do any good unless you can compel the vagrants on the street with their problems to come in for the treatment. Until we get past that, until we get to some method of conservatorship i don't know about this care court thing that newsom implemented if that's going to have any effect but that blocks all of this because most of these mentally ill people on the streets and as we talked about before fentanyl almost makes them lose their minds and their even their desire to survive right mm. their survival instinct disappears right. so if you can't compel them to come in for the mental health treatments this is worthless. If Instead, you, as you pointed out, all the money spent on the middlemen who pretend that they're going through the motions of helping the mentally ill, yeah. and maybe they reach a few people, but mm -hmm. the bulk of the crazies that are on the streets can't yeah. be touched because we don't have any laws that yeah. compels them. It, it, it's, uh, the failure rate is probably well over 90%. If you were going to destroy society, what would you do differently hmm. than, than what we've just listed? If you want to <laughs> intentionally destroy society, what would you do differently? I don't know. It's it's it does make you wonder because I, I realize it's probably just driven by greed and corruption. But right. wow, if you if you had some evil bad guy in a movie who wanted to ruin a, a, a beautiful state and, a, and great cities, this would be the perfect plan, right? Unleash the mental patients and the prisoners and the drug addicts. Take away any punishments. Take away any uh, obstacles to, to uh, destroying your life and destroying other people's lives. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. There's an entertaining car chase going on. Now, this guy stole what first? A van. A van. A van. And then he he got out of it and ran to a gas station and stole somebody's car. Well, you know what's so funny? At the pumps. I thought he was kind of running slowly, so I thought to myself, hmm, he's kind of out of shape. That's what I thought, too, yeah. He jumps in. He steals somebody else's car at the friggin' gas station. (laughs) And now he's driving through uh, Northridge through Eric's old neighborhood. Yeah, it's uh, right by my old fraternity house, right by CSUN. I actually yeah. got a ticket pulling out of the same exact gas station same where gas he stole thing. this BMW from. Yeah, you got a ticket. This guy probably won't even get jail time yeah, exactly. for everything he's doing. But uh, now I freak out when people approach me at gas stations. Oh, me too. I really do. Especially when uh, when that, when we had that encampment in, in Brentwood and the vagrants would wander around the gas station. It was just a few blocks away and I'd... See one of these guys, and I, I, I always wished I had a weapon because I would have used it. I always hold on to my keys when I'm at a gas station. Yeah, can't leave the car running and the keys in the car because the then this uh, this uh, bastard uh, does his uh, 
does his magic. That's the yeah. John and Ken Show. John Cobell, Ken Shampoo, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I guess he just had a split screen up showing earlier what happened in the minivan. Yeah. And got it crashed into an LAPD unit in Burbank. And then they spotted the guy later at 1 o'clock, and now he's in the stolen car. The second stolen car, I guess. I yeah, the second one. This is the one he stole uh, from the gas station. Chatsworth? Is that where it is now? Somewhere around there? It yeah. is uh, Winnetka Avenue in Chatsworth, yeah. Okay. Now in Winnetka. He's doing over 100 on surface streets. Yeah, it's the lights are going to be the problem, right? The traffic lights, if he runs them, do people coming the other way know what's going on? That's the danger uh, of these. Yeah, Channel 7 is, not only they have the speedometer thing, they've even got, you know, the compass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> directions. <laughs> I need to know. Was it north by northeast or something? It's got uh, 105 miles an hour. I don't think he wants to get caught. Down, Probably another parolee. Down Parthenia Street mm. in Winnetka. Right. They're, they're, they're now, yeah, they're doing a split screen, and they're showing him casually jogging into the gas station. And he goes underneath the roof, mm. and then right, he goes right past three <laughs> patrol cars. He zigzags through three patrol cars that had surrounded the gas pumps. The cops were all looking for him at the gas station, and then all of a sudden you see the Beamer speed through the screen, and it's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> hey, what happened? Well, because he was so kind of nonchalant, jogging, yeah, right? So you just didn't, you thought, eh, he's he's tired. He, he's going to give up. All right. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on the chase uh, as long as it lasts. At this reckless pace, I don't think it's going to last very long. Oh, yeah, now I see what he looks like. Uh, Mason Avenue he's on now in Winnetka. He's wearing really baggy shorts. Yeah, there's a surprise. You and know, I got... A, a hoodie. I got caught up in a police chase this, this morning. I was driving What'd you to do? Work. I didn't do anything, but some ding-dong stole, I think it was a cement truck in uh, the Woodland Hills area, I believe. And so it, I got to work in just the nick of time to put my first newscast together. It, apparently, it was a two-hour chase. There were helicopters all over the place. He was driving a cement truck? A stolen. A stolen cement truck. Yes. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Nobody goes to prison anymore. They just do this all day to fill their time. fill the time. All right, now we move over to the Hollywood uh, actors and writers strike. We don't talk much about that, but uh, boy, Variety magazine has a headline that has driven the entire industry into chaos, particularly with movie sets having to halt productions. One story that popped up, there was a, an anonymous studio executive who was quoted in the media outlet Deadline saying that uh, the Writers Guild talks, uh, we're just going to drag them out. So the members face financial ruin. Uh, so there was a response from the actor Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, you may know from the television show Sons of Anarchy. I know him better as Hellboy, which probably puzzles John. But anyway. All this uh, puzzles me. I don't go know way any... back to Beauty and the Beast on TV. Way back? No? Beauty and the Beast? On TV. No. All right. Anyway. Uh, here's what he had to say about this anonymous studio executive basically saying, let's starve him out. One thing before I get off this, the mother who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, mother. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the said that. 
and we know who said that and where he lives there's a lot of ways to lose your house you wish that on people you wish that families starve while you're making 27 million dollars a year for creating nothing be careful mother be really careful because that's the kind of that stirs up peace out is, peace he in, out. is he in bidenville on the bench there with the birds or <laughs> sounds very well, that, pleasant I, behind him there that, that was scary uh, he, del- he deleted the video eventually well, Although apparently it got out there on Twitter to the point where it's... It's too late. It'll be out forever. Yeah, he can't put out that fire. Uh, so. that's, that's Sounds great. like a threat. I, I got to chill. We know where you live. We know where you live. There's a lot of ways to lose your apartment. Wow. Well, that was, uh, that was an incredibly rude and stupid thing to say, whoever said that. But it's the truth. That's what the executives are thinking. Probably that's exactly well, they don't they have not they're not meeting to conduct negotiations. And I read that story that came out uh, in deadline and they're figuring that by October, the writers are going to be out of money to pay their rent or their mortgages and they're going to be out of food. So maybe around October, they'll start to uh, offer some crumbs to the writers guild and they expect them to take it because they'll be desperate. And I guess they have I, a strike fund, don't they, that helps them out? Or yeah, that, I, don't, I don't know how long the, those things last. Well, now with the actors on their side, though, shouldn't that make this uh, more imperative for the studios to settle? Because it's shutting down productions. It's going to eventually have an effect in the next few months. I think they want to they break the unions. Uh, they're, 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 they're such financial distress. There's so many movies that are not making back their costs. The right. streaming uh, channels are all way in the red. The broadcast channels are are practically dead. Uh, you know, you know, cable uh, uh, cable penetration is down to sixty percent. Like Ooh. like forty oh, percent oh, of the country is disconnected from cable. And, I thought it was higher the way the stories go, but no, it's 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 down to sixty. I'm one of them. I gave up. I don't have direct TV or any cable anymore. Yeah, but so but but it it's the profit should be in screen, streaming, but they so overpaid for all these production deals, and put and, you know they were making six hundred shows last year, that that's 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 a big money loser too. There's no think, well now the complaints are of course that the the executives are high paid and that was the implied threat. From Ron Perlman. What about the actors, though? They get like 20 to $30 million a movie. Maybe and the big actors could give up some money, too, to help out the uh, the little guy. Well, that's the- what one executive said. Barry Diller, he said that the high-paid actors and the executives ought to give uh, a 25% uh, pay cut to themselves cut. now, to, to good faith. Because the vast majority of actors get a couple of jobs a year, and they, they barely survive. Uh, they, they live off their residuals. And it's 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 a tough business. Then maybe you need to do something else for a living. Well, yeah, I think uh, that- I've lived here long enough that I know people that hang on with this. You know, they do a couple of commercials and they just want to keep going because they're waiting for their big break when they become become a major star and get paid millions. But I mean, that happens to so few. But it's there's it, got to be some sense of reality. It's all the other people too who whose jobs are now. Not, oh yeah, no, it's all it's the background people, like they have the production people, right? The cinematographers, the makeup artists, the makeup the, people, right? The grips, the production uh, assistants, costume designers, carpenters, no paychecks for them now. I and, just think the problem still is there's so much product out there, it's hard to pay people enough money because 
you can't make enough money when you have so much product with all the right. streaming and everything else. Right, because they and, and people have not really returned to the movie theaters where you know you make a lot when you charge somebody fifteen bucks for a ticket. So, also, I, I mean, there was a whole list of all these movies that have lost a lot of money, and and not that they didn't draw an audience. Well, Indiana Jones is, is a good example. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to gross hundreds of millions of dollars, but it costs cost a lot three hundred yeah. million to make, and probably another hundred million plus to market. And they estimated it would have to gross a billion dollars. Well. You know, I, 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 that's really tough for anything to gross a billion dollars. So right. it just seems like the whole business model is 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 just broken. I, hmm. I, you can't make six hundred shows. How are people? How do people keep track of more than I don't know a half a dozen? I, I and, and and then they won't the the streaming companies won't release their audience numbers, so the actors don't know if they're working on a on a hit or not. And how much they really deserve, right? Because if the more viewers you have, generally, the more money you should make. Well, they don't know. Well, you just have to go by word of mouth, you know, the buzz in the air about which shows are probably hits. But then how do you quantify that into a salary when you're negotiating? Uh, I'm puzzled by this car chase. What? It's in Woodland Hills. And let me tell you what just happened. Did he pull into a gas he station? He pulled into another gas station. So maybe the car, <laughs> the second car that he uh, carjacked was run, ran out of gas. He went to this Porsche convertible. And yeah, he, he tried, was talking to the guy. Yeah, yeah, I think he was trying to get him to get out. Fortunately, that guy didn't. So but then, this took so long. How come the cops didn't po uh, box I, him in? They just got there, it looks I like. I know. So then the Porsche drives off. The guy gets back into the stolen BMW. And now he... Is out of the gas station. And this is in Woodland Hills. This is in Woodland Hills, mm -hmm. very close to my uh, uh, where I, I live. I wouldn't take oh. your convertible into Woodland Hills tonight. <laughs> Unless this guy is caught. Yeah, it's easy just to pluck your head out of the top if you have the convertible down, right? Oh, I know. The top down and take over your car. All right, well, there's your update on this uh, carjack suspect who carjacked, carjacked the second vehicle after a first chase. he was chase, trying to do a third. Know, he was trying to do another one, right. Well, the downside of stealing cars at, his gas, at a gas station is they might be out of gas. That's why they're there. And maybe he's out of gas, which yeah. is why he pulled in there to see if he could switch cars. But yeah. we, we don't know. So, All right, well, we'll update you on that, too. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Today's carjacker that we're featuring is on his third car, his second van now. Isn't that three strikes and one under three strikes law? <laughs> if he has carjacked three vehicles? Or... It used to be. Uh, he's on the uh, He started out in a minivan, and uh, that broke down. So then uh, he got himself into a BMW, and in the last five minutes, he has now taken an actual van itself. Now... How did he get the van? I, I missed that part. Oh, he pulled up into an Arco. Again, this is the second time he's pulled into a gas station. And I, Deborah probably watched it, too. He simply got out of the BMW, walked over, and the van seemed unoccupied and ready to go. So he just pulled out. I didn't see him overpower anybody or do anything. It was almost like it was waiting for him. <laughs> That's well, what I saw. He's uh, he's screaming down the Ventura Freeway in the Calabasas area. I think. So he's in the 101, right? Yeah, he's on the, in the second he's lane. He's going north. Uh, he's going north, yeah. and he is weaving in and out of traffic. And this van may be completely gassed up, so he, he may be. He's in the second. Who walks away? I mean, when I go to a gas station and I have a push button, but I have my key with me, and you have to put your foot on the brake and have it. I don't know how. I mean, how do people do? They just leave the keys in the ignition and. 
and they walk inside to the convenience store, maybe, and they pump gas. I've done that. Well, you just leave the keys on, I don't you know. You just leave seat. everything in place. Yeah, and yeah. you just go pump your gas. Yeah. And- you keep wow. the car running. And uh, No, if I'm going to go inside, I usually lock the car up. And oh, walk yeah. Away. Yeah, I mean, usually I do, but I have done that a couple of times. He did wow. forget to close the gas cap on the on the van. <laughs> oh, no. It should be another violation. So, oh, oh, oh. He did just nudge somebody. I saw that on the 101. Was that the Mini Cooper? Lines. Yeah, the Mini Cooper. Yeah, I'm a little bit behind you guys, but I just saw that. Uh, what yeah. is he doing? 100 and is he? 90, 90 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. He's now in the far right lane and he is yeah, He's passing. weaving between lanes crazily. He's Lim- in Agora Hills now. Yeah. And he is reaching 100. So I wonder if no, he's got this a full, probably won't end pleasantly. I wonder if he's got a full tank because a van like that would have a big tank. Well, I wonder it if would. he uh, carjacked before or after it was gassed up because obviously the BMW that he stole yeah. was never got gassed. <laughs> it didn't have enough for him, right? right that's, that's why, why he kept pulling yeah. into gas stations. Exactly. He knew he was running out. <laughs> but the, these guys don't really have a plan, but they know if they run out of gas, it's really over. So yeah, they're showing uh, they're showing one police car earlier that was uh, damaged. Isn't it time uh, did to he give create... him the pit maneuver or something here? Because no, it's they... getting really nutty. What are they showing here? Did, was he involved in an accident or they, did he cause an accident? They think that this is related. They think it's the same guy, but uh, there hasn't been any confirmation on that. There was a, they were shown video of a smashed up white car and a uh, and a uh, police car with its front front end smashed in. Yeah, that's the LAPD car that was in Burbank that supposedly he hit. Oh, I see. Right. Oh, this, is, uh, this is quite a run he's on He's here. a busy guy. Yeah. He's going to hit Ventura County in a couple of minutes. He's got a he's good He's got to be a parolee of some kind. He's yeah, really. <laughs> oh, he's just having a bad day. Yeah, that's right. He's very angry. <laughs> Broke up with his girlfriend. His mother died. Something like that, right? <laughs> All right. We'll continue to keep an eye on this uh, chase. Also, we're going to bring back a guest to the John and Ken show because it looks like California has another murderer who will be set free. Uh, of course, recently, Leslie Van Houten, one of the Manson murderers, was set free. This is not that case, but it's just as horrible. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts do you love selena like really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.